0: Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. Today, Nick and Ann are talking with Chad Bronstein, CEO and founder of Philo a technology company delivering data, media, and regulatory solutions to the cannabis industry. Under Chad's leadership, Philo has revolutionized marketing technology for highly regulated industries, allowing the most ambitious cannabis, CBD, and consumer brands to overcome the complexities of compliance at scale. Our hosts sat down with Chad to talk about the current regulatory challenges the industry faces and how the COVID pandemic has affected his business, while Chad also makes some bold predictions on what may happen with the Safe Banking Act. We also learn more about Philo's suite of software solutions that are aiding companies from startups to Uber, navigate the cannabis space, as well as Chad's endeavors into the psychedelic industry with Wisana Health. So don't sit back, lean forward. Now on to our conversation with Chad Bronstein of Philo.
1: Today we are chatting with Chad Bronstein, the founder and CEO of Philo Compliance Cloud, uh, which is a suite of software and services um, that is really built, uh, tailor built to um, help the cannabis industry do better that's, that's just going to be what we call it from now on. Um, so Chad, welcome. Um, can you tell us a little bit first, we like to hear about, um, your journey in the cannabis industry, and then we'll kind of get into what Philo is doing, but, um, who are you and, uh, what drew you to cannabis?
2: Well, I was so, who am I before cannabis? I was in, uh, the advertising space, right? (laughs) Um, I just, you know, I was for cannabis, like I, I was not your typical cannabis guy. I wasn't, uh, smoking all the time or you know huge uh, influencer in that world uh and when i told my wife i was starting a cannabis company she's like you like my wife's family loves the cannabis uh, market and she's like was <laughs> shocked and uh i just you know i started to really see like the trend and started to learn a lot about it um and started to really get uh passionate about it and the opportunity that it um, you know, I always like a challenge to destigmatize whatever if underdog stories. And I feel like the cannabis market when we came in was like it was a lot of people afraid to jump into it, at least in the technology component, not in the actual retail component. Um and so I I was, you know, saw an opportunity and, you know, went around and asked people that I thought were talented that can help me get this off the ground. And here we are. So told my wife I was going to start a canvas company. She said, go do it. It was a big risk. And, uh, and we did it, you know, and we, we've been having a pretty good time. But uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I love building things. I love challenges. And um, I love working with good people. So that's a little bit about myself.
3: Awesome. And so let's talk about, let's talk about Philo. What is it that, that you guys are bringing to the space? Because it seems like it's a, a much needed software solution. So can you expand on the, the founding and just what you guys are bringing?
2: Yeah. So Philos become what we like to say is like the sales force for highly regulated industries. So starting with cannabis and uh, we're an enterprise software stack that works across a lot of different parts of the ecosystem for user, like a Columbia care, for example, they would work with us and use us, our advertising platform and data platform, our compliance solution, which is a hyper-local regulatory solution that works with all MSOs, SSOs, law firms that have cannabis practices and really guides them through their process of the um, local environment. So if you want to open up a dispensary and you want to make sure you're zoned for real estate, you're going to use our uh, compliance software to really um, search to make sure that whatever license you're buying, what anything that happens in a local jurisdiction. Then we recently purchased DataAll from the loyalty solution. Um, and uh, so we have retail, we have compliance, Advertising and data, and so a lot of clients work with us across all functions of our business.
3: So, when you guys started Philo, there was oh, I was going to say uh, when you guys first started, then it, that that kind of solution wasn't all under one roof. You guys kind of brought all these things together. So, normally companies would have to go to a bunch of different vendors for this. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so much fragmentation. So, like again, from the world I come from, guys, I come from working with like large CPG, large auto, and in the tech world, there wasn't that many, you know, fragmentation what existed, and then it became less and less as technology evolved. And in the canvas space, it was like that, the, my world, I come from like 10 years back, because they were the, all these different, uh, com- all these MSOs and um, big companies didn't have the opportunity to work through a Salesforce or an enterprise stack. And so they're working with multiple different product lines. And so our approach was Let's make this more efficient um, and create what we call the field compliance cloud, where you can come under one roof and work with multiple products, but, you know, work under the same roof. And it makes it much easier for a company to uh, work under with our solutions.
1: I want to take a step back and talk a little bit about advertising in general with cannabis. Um, That is, it's it's a marketing vehicle that has traditionally... not been as available to this industry um, as, as other industries, even uh, you know, as far as wine and spirits go, which I know a lot of people compare alcohol to, to cannabis for good or for bad. Um, so how are you, I guess, how does this software work? So you know, you're making it available to people who traditionally haven't had this avenue available to them. How, how do you make sure they don't get in trouble? Like with, with well, you know, advertising on a site that, that that maybe, you know, isn't allowing cannabis or um, if it's an out of home buy, if it's a whatever, Facebook buy, like how do, how do people, na- how do you navigate that?
2: Well, so our team is pretty extensive backgrounds in that. Nicole Cosby is our chief of data compliance. Um, she ran all publicists, uh, legal and compliance globally uh, for a long time. That's what we, we met when I was negotiating. Uh, uh, contracts there. So when I brought her on, you know, we, you know, our team comes from that background. So we work with those, we work with publishers direct or different groups and we create our own compliance software that actually has image recognition software that audits digital creative in the in the cannabis world to make sure it's compliant before it touches the real estate of shemedia.com. Right. And so you know when we started our original business started off with giving um, cannabis advertisers the ability to reach And, but in a premium environment, not just a cannabis environment. So, um, Anne on Vogue.com may be different than Anne when she goes to a cannabis publication. So, um, you know, there's different uh, aspects to the mind. And uh, partially what we've done, which we will touch upon, but, you know, we also built a data business that we have those people you're just talking about in alcohol and in uh, CPG and retail and health and pharma buying data from us because they want to understand and more holistically from when Anne goes and buys um, sativa at a dispensary down the block from her, spends 150 bucks. What else is Anne going to buy? And what is that? How does that mindset actually, how does her mindset um, change from her going to Kroger and buying faucet flakes or versus her buying cannabis? And so what we've done is really um, are giving the opportunities for both cannabis and mainstream America to really target that Ann and that cannabis mindset um to her other
3: consumer habits. And that's what you guys are doing with She's companies. She's a
1: complicated lady that Ann.
3: <laughs> She's very complicated. And that's what you guys are doing with Uber, right? I was reading an article in Bloomberg recently about uh that they've hired you guys on, you know, to help target that demographic. So that's the way you're working with them? Yeah, exactly. So like Nick, you're a perfect audience
2: for Uber because we know you we know we work with you on uh, our other company. And, uh, we know you like to, you you like to smoke a little bit. So when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're you're writing a press release at night and you're, uh, and you're smoking some blunts, you know, you may want to go on Uber eats. That would be the most, uh, most, uh, typical audience. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's not just that. so you have, Nick has the business professional mindset and then at night he's on his own time. He's doing other things. So the idea is like you know, for us is that Uber wants to reach both the professional Nick that may, you know, Uber Eats wants to order Nick's ordering lunch or the, you know, Nick's kicking back and smoking a smoking of <laughs> blunt and gonna order his snack at night. Right. <laughs> so um that's a you know, we 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 work with Uber. We did really well on our data how our data performs and it's um and that was the, they they wanted to build a bunch of different audiences around um, consumers that they thought would be an Uber Eats customer.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess that leads to the question that you guys don't just work with cannabis clients. You have a lot of other, um, you know, clients in the mix. Um, what else are you looking at? Are you guys doing anything in the psychedelic space? I mean, that's very immature when it comes to legalization, but, um, I guess what other industries are you you guys working in?
2: Well, I mean the way right now it's, um, we work in every industry outside. I mean, in terms of data, Mm -hmm. how people are buying our data, we have, like, you know, we can't name every name on here, but we have over 750 people buying data from us, right? And they're, they're not just, they're major brands, right? And there's all different, um, all different types of brands. And like I said, CPG, retail, QSR, pharma, um, and pharma, like, you know, you think about it, and, um, and that and may buy a specific drug and farm OTC drug and pharma, but she's gearing, you know, she's shifting away to buy um, marijuana instead of that, they need to keep Ann in the funnel, so they still want to have a communication with Ann, so they can, you know, maybe Ann will buy marijuana and her OTC drug, or uh, or come back to the. So there's all these different aspects to, and it would take us a lot longer to really go into that, but there's all these different correlations, and so we play in that environment, and then in terms of psychedelics, on the compliance side, more because Theo has all these different aspects of their business, you have the regulatory platform, so we are we can collect legal documents in our software around psychedelics. And obviously with me being the co-founder and executive chairman of Wissana, we look at, you know, seeing all the regulatory um, data, our database and continue to evolve it. But I think that eventually law firms will have psychedelics practices, just like Mm -hmm. we see cannabis. You guys have been in cannabis since early on, right? So (laughs) we've seen the evolution there. I I think we'll see an evolution in psychedelics and that, it will, we'll, we'll see companies have practices that are understanding the psychedelics environment. And in that scenario, they would use us more for the regulatory part of our business, just to stay ahead of all the regulatory guidelines and decrim and whatever's happening there. So um, I think there's an evolution there. I, I don't think we're there yet, but I think we'll see uh, more people um, as it becomes, you know, see, we see it become an RX drug or more OTC that there'll be more, um, there are more, more people trying to get more information for there
3: let, let's jump back to the cannabis side of everything. You know, obviously with the pandemic kind of the, the narrative has been that there was a real uptick in, in cannabis purchase as people were at home and, and doing all of that. Did you, how did that affect your guys' business? How, like just going through everything was, did you guys also see the, the uptick?
2: Yeah. So like the first two months of COVID we are like sitting like, we're, you know, we're a year old startup. We just raised all this capital. Like what the fuck? You know, like we, like everyone else was, you're nervous and you, you don't know what's gonna happen. And then like, I would say come like April, trending towards May, it became an essential. Um, And when that happened, uh, we saw a huge spike. Everybody in cannabis was more free to, you know, operate their businesses because they knew they had a business to go to the next day. And so if anything, I think it set the precedent for what's happening in the market where we're seeing more um, states approve rec. um, And we're seeing more investors, uh, venture investors being open to investing in cannabis. So I think that um fortunately for the cannabis environment, COVID uh, affected it for the positive. Um so we're all lucky in that scenario that we have seen a lot of growth, um, instrumental growth and philo's grown. We were like 20 people or 25 people prior to uh COVID and now we're 140. Wow. So that's we, a lot of growth. Yeah. yeah. So we we grew pretty we grew pretty quickly. So we're about 140 people now and uh you know, it's pretty, you know, it's cool to be a part of this where we can say we created 140 jobs in a tough environment.
1: I mean, you guys talk about being a young company, uh, being so young, you have um, a pretty impressive track record of M&A. Um, and it sounds like that, you know, that's an important component of how you've built your businesses. Um, this is such a, an M&A rich environment. I can't think of, of a client or a company that's not, you know, sniffing around. So, you know, how can, can you talk about how important that is to you from a strategic standpoint? And what's, what are you looking to bolt on? If you can tell us that, if you can't, that's cool too.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so like when we look at deals and I've said this on a couple other podcasts, but when you look at deals, like, we didn't look at deals that are going to like automatically like some people buy companies for like the crazy amounts of revenue. Cause they want to move like as fast as possible. When we bought companies like the compliance field compliance called, we bought companies that we thought they were good pieces of real estate. Let's use that as an example. And that with a little tender loving care, we can make them even better. And, um, and that they already had good, um, people that were running the companies that would with our with our support and together, we can build something special. And so when we bought Canada and uh, data, Out, they both, they both didn't raise that much capital compared to the other companies. So they did pretty great con- considering that they didn't raise that much capital, but they weren't generating multi-millions of revenue. So when we bought them, we knew that with our commercial rigor, we could help them scale. And with a little bit of, you know, Eric Shawnee, my co-founder, and has built a really good technology team that we bought it, we can help enhance what they've built. And so We've taken the approach to find really good tuck-ins to things that we don't have and that we can evolve that don't have overlap with our business. Um, and so uh, we did we did do deals fast, um, and it's partially because we had good relationships with the founders of those companies, and that you know we set the precedent between each other that let's not get into this crazy negotiation. Let's set the threshold where we're both going to be happy and uh, negotiate on those on that on that way on that approach. And so we 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 did it well, and uh, you know we're growing um, the Cataracts uh, deal that you know we grew like from a year ago, like almost three and a half x, you know what it was. So it's uh, it's scaling, and data, all, we're um, we're going pretty quickly there too. And you know we inter- we're integrated into our stack. At my last company, we bought companies. We nest. Um, it takes a while to integrate. They're sizable companies with 300 people. Um, I feel like here we've moved really quickly. Um, considering like, and you said we're an early company, so I'll stop there. But that's that was a long-winded answer to your question.
3: Well, one of the things that you've kind of brought up a couple of times now is is fundraising, and you know the last year, you know, going back to the pandemic, that's a real difficult time to to do a lot of fundraising efforts. You did it with Philo, and you did it with uh, Wisana, the other company that you're the executive chairman that you mentioned. Can you talk about what it was like to? to really go to these investors and, and convince them that now is the time to invest in cannabis and psychedelics.
2: Yeah. I mean, raising capital is a process. Um, and it's, uh, it, it doesn't just stop. You don't just go for three months and you're like, Oh, you, you, you know, you're going to go start all these new conversations. You got to build relationships throughout your whole, through your whole time in the space. Um, and so that way people know what you're doing and that you can execute. Um, and I think for us, you know, for Philo specifically, we raised, capital from great investors. And I, I'm lucky enough to say, like, those investors have become very close friends of mine, and they've seen that Philo can execute. So when Daniel on the Wisana side, you know, we're doing our series B mm-hmm. for Philo, and Wisana, Nick, you, you witnessed this, um, we had to really, uh, we had a kind of, it was an interesting space to be in, because I was talking to the same investors for both companies. And so um, I think people believed in our execution and believed in Daniel and what we were doing there. And so it was two years worth of time of building relationships, but um, yeah, we raised about, I think, give or take about $45 million um, over six weeks. Um, And it was with a lot of support from existing investors that and the psychedelics and cannabis spaces, you guys know, and you started off in cannabis. And now you and Nick are in psychedelics is that there's, a lot of the same people playing in both spaces
3: and and let's talk about Wisana a little bit. you know you're the executive chairman of this company, Daniel Carcillo, the two time Stanley Cup champion uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks as the CEO. Um, our podcast also reaches that that psychedelics audience. so can you provide just a uh, uh, a little bit more information on on where weNA is at and uh you know what's upcoming for that company too?
2: yeah, so uh. So me and Daniel met because of Philo. That's a funny story. So Daniel reached out to me on LinkedIn um, and uh, asked me if I can set up time to talk about he had a, the psychedelics thing he was working on and a CBD thing that was part of, you know, that was kind of, you know, collaborated with the psychedelic side. And he came to my house and uh, as Nick, you've heard a story many times, I fell in love with the story. And we I was like, hey, we can, uh, let me, let's partner to this and we'll, we'll bring this to help heal people. And so we went at it full blast for a year. Um, and you know, as of Monday, we'll be a public company. Um, you know, so I think that's really exciting is that, you know, we did, we went public specifically because we wanted to, you know, bring awareness and back to what we were talking about earlier, and is like, help destigmatize, not everyone's educated on psychedelics, right? Most people just think you're going to get, um, you're gonna have a great trip, but the experience that, you know, what we're doing is very focused in TBI and seeing how many people it helps. And, uh, we're excited for, the, um, going public and, you know, really bringing it to market and, um, help heal people. So, uh, we've came pretty far, we've come pretty far there and, uh, you know, we worked really hard over the past several months and, uh, to get to be public, um, was, a, a feat we're excited about.
1: What's your day like? How do you split your time between <laughs> these two huge commitments?
2: Uh, it's tough. Yeah, know, it's tough, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Right? Like, and even like, with
1: like the fundraising stuff, like a lot of that comes out of like the conference circuit and like seeing people and shaking hands and doing all that stuff. And all of that has to be done like over phone calls and, and like, like zooms and like, so how does, how does that work? And when do you sleep?
2: Um, so I, Daniel and tells me to sleep <laughs> a lot more. So I've been starting to, uh, <laughs> I've been sleeping more, but, uh, you know, I was lucky. I got to say like, well, first off, it's not luck, but we, with Philo we executed. And so we went to, like I said, we kind of, when I was pitching RB people would ask about we saw And so a lot of people would want to be involved with both. So, um, but it was, I mean, I was on zoom calls all day and I'm good at, you know, like anyone that raises capital wants to be out at the conferences and networking, but like you had to adapt. And I think, you know, one day I'll tell a longer story about it, but we've adapted and, you know, We, you know, we spend a lot of time on just, you know, proving ourselves through execution. And I think people that invest in us um, and Daniel or my co-founders at Philo and my um, C-level team, like I believe in the team and uh, we built phenomenal teams at both companies that people want to believe in. And when you're putting money into people, it's based off of the person and the team and can they execute? Because as you know, COVID happened. Mm -hmm. So so many shit shows can happen (laughs) to Mm to an entrepreneur. Um, and so it's, it's not cliche when people say an entrepreneur is got to be bulletproof because if you're not, you're fucked. And so <laughs> I think people are betting on us as, um, as executors and that they know that we'll fucking, you know, die on the sword if we have to, because we want to win, you know, in a good way. Yeah. But that's, that I'm, I'm an investor and in, I invest in companies all the time and I invest in companies of founders that I believe, um, that are going to, if I they lose my money. You know, I know that they're going to fight hard to, uh, to make it successful. If they don't, they gave it their best, and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Let's,
3: let's jump back into Philo and what you guys are doing going forward. Um, you know, we, we joke on here that cannabis regulations and the rules for all the industry you know, they're, they're changing, it seems like it can be like in a day by day, month by month basis. How are you guys looking at the, the evolution of the space right now? There's a lot of talk about federal reform from Chuck Schumer. We're seeing new states open up. So how do you guys manage, you know, that constantly evolving regulatory process?
2: So we built a really good technology, Nick, and our technology, uh, when we first bought it, it was in automated um, and our, our whole goal when we bought the regulatory now it's called you know you'll see filo it's a field part of the field compliance call but Eric and our engineering team and then Nicole and the product team the teams work really closely together to evolve the technology so that it's automated and so when New York or New Jersey or West Virginia or Virginia anything comes on we you know we our solution moves fast and uh, we have a 30 40 person legal team. Um, so we've done pretty good. Like New York happened and we started seeing a lot of, um, cannabis um, players as well as law firms start to license our solution to stay ahead and be on top of everything. So, um, I think that's, that's something that we're really excited about that we'll continue to talk about this year is how fast we took that solution and scaled it to the U S when we bought it, it was mostly focused in California. Now it's a U.S. based tool. Um, and you know, so it's, it's, it's it's technology and make and our legal team to make sure that we're collecting the proper sources to make sure that uh we're staying up to speed with everything that's
1: happening are you guys looking to to grow internationally
2: so everyone asked us <laughs> that and i, I th- the answer is yes um we but. are no no, no but yeah, okay just, yeah just uh it's just a time it's just a time perspective right so we are going to do it um you know, some of the things that we're thinking about, which we are going to do is we're going to go into other verticals. We've talked about that and we've, we've done some betas there. Um, but international is a big conversation that we are going to do. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be this year. It'd probably be next year. Um, because we want to, you know, what's happening in the U S there's so much to do there. All Mm the, when a state comes on, there's more work, right? So we want to get through the the beginning,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. So, uh, so, um, yeah, so there's a huge opportunity to do that. And I think we'll get there. Uh, but right now we just want to continue to, um, operate in the U S and, uh, grow and in data, we do operate, um, in Canada and other parts of the lot, and some other countries we'll be operating in, but mostly, um, in the compliance side, we're in the U S right now.
1: So put on your, I don't want to say politics hat, cause that's an ugly hat, but, um, maybe put on your prediction hat. Um, what do you see happening in the industry? What what are we going to be talking about in December of this year?
2: It's a tough prediction. I mean, I hope uh, Safe Banking gets passed, and uh, you know, we there's more uh, some of the limitations that we currently have are lifted. Um, but I think I think we're getting there. I think New York was a huge uh, a huge win for everybody, you know, because New York obviously being one of the could be in the biggest market. But if you look how Illinois was. I mean, Illinois did a great job like building on the strongest market, same with even Michigan coming up so fast. Um, so I think New York will, will will kind of push the barriers, I think. And, uh, I, you know, safe banking will be great for the industry, for all of us, you know. Um, and, I, you know, I, I'm really excited. I feel like uh, we're all just getting, we're just beginning. And, you know, and you probably, how long have you been in space for now? Like?
1: Six years. Six years? Six years. Five years? Okay, six so
2: years? I, yeah. So you've been six. I'm almost... I'm like a little over two, right? And so for me, when I started talking to people, it's like words, and you probably have way more stories than I do, but um, what I'm seeing now is like more maturity. I think when we first started, it was like pulling teeth in certain scenarios. And now we're seeing so much more evolution and growing up in the industry for everybody that I, it's definitely a lot of promise for what's gonna um, what we're seeing.
1: Well, even if you had asked us three year three and a half years ago, when we started this podcast, if we would have a technology solution or a company like you on this podcast, it would have been like unheard of because it was just not um, the the players in the space were not the professional services in the, in spaces that are afforded to other industries were not here. Even even from a public and investor relations standpoint, like you know, these were just like. You know, growers who had these companies and were taking them public and like not. And this is maybe maybe this is further. This is five, six, seven, eight years ago. But like the fact that we are able to talk to you and talk about these kind of solutions, high tech solutions, um, you know, automated solutions for 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 cannabis businesses is Like, I think we need to just take a moment and be like, what a leap and bound that is. And what a, what a, what a great thing that is, because it shows that there's maturity. It shows that people are taking it seriously. It shows that there's money. Um, and it, and we're, and it shows that we're all kind of building this industry. You know, we're starting to do it the right way. Um, yeah,
2: I I was about to say, I think the canvas community is like pretty cool. Like, you know, it's. For the most part, you're gonna always have your shit. But uh, <laughs> there's in terms assholes of, everywhere. Uh, but yeah, yeah, for the most part, <laughs> I say for the most part the community is pretty cool. Like you, you know, it's a small community. Everyone um, knows each other. I think we want everyone to succeed. Um, competitors want people to succeed. So uh, I feel uh, I feel like it's it's been a pretty fun. Like outside of all the challenges, it's been a blast. Like I think like all our team, like Jeff, Eric, Cole, any Aristotle, anyone came into this industry. Um, fresh, I think it's had a blast. Right. And you're seeing more people want from the mainstream world of like tech and legal everywhere want to come into this. Yep. So I believe like, you know, if you feel like, honestly, guys, we get a couple thousand resumes a month. Um, and I don't know if he's been keeping up with us. We've been hiring some really strong talent from the mm-hmm. other areas. And it's cool to see like, you know, that this world get that kind of um, a year. I'll, I'll tell you one quick story. Like I'm not going to name the name, but I had a guy or someone I was interviewing and he's like, is this going to be good for my resume? Obviously, I didn't hire, <laughs> obviously I didn't hire that person. But the, battle, the fact of the matter is like now people are seeing this like it's, you know, people want to be a part of this because they're bored of the status quo and they're looking for a new challenge.
1: I will say also just from my personal experience, the the people who have come to like, ask me about, they, they know what I do for a living. And, and, you know, to ask me about the industry, the, the level of people is different. Like it, before it was like, it, it was like a joke or like, a, Oh no, you, what do you smoke all day? Like, you know, and now like I'm getting people like on my Facebook, my Facebook friends, people who I haven't talked to in 20 years, like there was a school nurse, like I went to high school with her and she was like, Hey, I'd really like to learn more about this. Like, you know? And so I think the, the, the fact that it is becoming so mainstream and we are starting to break down the stigma, um, is, is just amazing. So, and, and for people being like, well, this look good on my resume, <laughs>
2: Yeah. I was like, I basically was like, okay, uh, I was,
3: I was like I wanted to get off the call
2: pretty quickly. Um, but it's, uh, that's, that's probably not a good interview, but anyways, the bottom line is like, it, it's really cool to see where the market's, um, evolving to, um, and the talent that's coming in this industry, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I, I know everyone probably has their own movie. They can write about their experiences in this industry and you probably for six years, I'm sure yours is uh very, uh, long winded, but, uh, no, it's been fun.
3: And so let's, let's touch on what has you most excited coming up? You guys have had a, t- a ton of growth. Like you just mentioned over the last year, you're getting thousands of resumes. What, what has you excited for Philo through the rest of 2021?
2: I mean, Philo's really just, get, we're, we're growing at rapid speed right now. Um, which is amazing. Um, again, we couldn't have predicted that two years ago because the, the market took a huge shift and I, f- I feel pretty good where we're, you know, where we're headed. Like we're, uh, we, all our products are growing. Like we discussed, we're hiring really good talent. Um, and I think, you know, you're going to see an evolution of what we're offering to the market. Um, and so I think the future for Fila looks great. Um, and I, and I'm not saying that as a bias, I like, like every one of us are humble and vulnerable. You're vulnerable like anybody else. And I, some days I'm like, Holy shit, like we've really done this and we're, we're growing and we're doing it well. And so i I'm pretty excited about where we're headed and the team that we've built. Um, and I couldn't have, I wouldn't be here without the people that took risks to come join the Philo uh, journey. That's for sure.
1: We ask all of our guests this last question. Um, if you had a dream headline, so if you opened up the wall street journal, the New York times, um, where are you calling us from? Are you in LA? Where are you? Chicago, Chicago, right now. uh, Chicago Tribune, what would be the best headline or the best story that you could read about this industry?
2: Oh, that's a tough question. How do, about this industry?
1: Well, maybe not. I mean, like Cubs win the world series. I don't know. Like what <laughs> you pick. Um,
2: well, if it's about, if it about Philo, it about the cannabis industry. Let's
3: do one about Philo and one about the cannabis industry. I think for Philo, the headline would be, and this
2: is for our team is like, Philo, Philo's uh, end goal for the company is to really, um, either we go public or we sell the company, right? And, and it's successfully, and everyone's happy about it. So obviously, any entrepreneur that starts wants that kind of, uh, wants that kind of headline. So um, as long as it's a good headline that we're all excited about, I'll take that. <laughs> and then the canvas side is I think most most important for everybody is like, hopefully we see in December, like you said, Ann, like safe banking approved. That'd be a pretty good headline for all of us. So I'd say that would be a big win.
3: Love it. Love it. Yeah, if we can get safe banking done by December, I think I think a lot yeah. of people in this industry will be happy. Um, Chad Bronstein, CEO of Philo, thank you so much for joining us today, man. This has been great. Thanks, guys. I've been ha- had a blast. Thanks again to Chad Bronstein, CEO and founder of Philo, spelled F-Y-L-L-O. Check them out at HelloPhilo.com and on Twitter at hellofilo as always thanks for listening if you want to chat with Anne or i you can find us on twitter at the handle at the underscore green rush or on instagram at the green rush underscore podcast drop us an email at greenrush at kcsa.com and don't forget to subscribe to the green rush in your favorite podcatcher and to our newsletter you can do that right at greenrushpodcast.com that's one take shay one take